Welcome to Dentists, Puns, and Money. I'm your host, Sean Terrell. My guest on today's show is Dr. Grace Yum. Dr. Grace is a pediatric dentist and the founder and CEO of Mommy Dentists in Business. Dr. Grace shares her vision to build a community of other mommy dentists who are also trying to balance clinical dentistry and running a practice, along with being a mother, wife, and friend. What started out as a small Facebook group has since turned into a business with thousands of members and features continuing education, webinars, and in-person conferences. As a reminder, our affiliated firm, Dentist Exit Planning, helps dentists on their journey toward financial independence. If you are interested in finding your eventual exit from active practice, we are here to help whether you're three months or 30 years away. To schedule an initial consultation with us, visit DentistExit.com and click Schedule Meeting at the top right corner of the main page to schedule your discovery call. And with that introduction, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dr. Grace Young. All right, Dr. Grace Young, welcome to Dentists, Puns, and Money. I am excited to hear your story, and, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So my favorite place to start is just with some background uh, for the audience on, on your journey to this point. Could you share a little bit more about how you have reached this current point of your dental career? Sure. I mean, that's going to take probably the whole podcast. <laughs> it's uh, maybe I don't want to age myself, but I started really young and worked as a dental assistant since I was 18 and then worked my way all the way up to having my own practices. And then my journey took a twist. I was on to my third practice, but ended up creating something completely out of the blue that I didn't think was going to be a business in itself. And it just took over my life. And so that's what I do right now full time. And that is that business is mommy dentists in business. Correct. Could you give a little background on what that is and what the high level objectives are for mommy dentists in business? I'd love to. So back in 2017, running around between two locations, seven associates, et cetera, and two kids and my husband, who I joke around and say he's kind of like my third kid. And I just had a big balancing act going on. I was a part of a lot of dental Facebook groups. A lot of them were launching around that time. And I found them to be extremely helpful it brought levity. It brought information at my fingertips. It was fabulous because I didn't have to attend a meeting to learn from thousands of people that were my colleagues. However, the one piece of information or one section in my compilation of hats that I wear, there was really nowhere to ask questions for mothers as dentists. And as much as I love our male colleagues and learn equally from them, there was a mis kind of guided communication with the male colleagues on certain topics related to motherhood and being a woman in dentistry. And also not just as a dentist, but employing women in the dental practice. Because as we know, the majority of people that are our team members are women. So I felt that there, the, the men's way of thinking about certain topics related to women had a completely different approach 
than other women. And then when it had to do with topics with being a mom, they really didn't have any good information. I mean, other moms chimed in. So I decided on a whim, well, why not create my own Facebook group to talk about personal and sensitive topics related to being a mom and dentist. So Mommy Dentist in Business, the three hats I was wearing at the time was then born and started with just me and 50 of my dental school friends and referrals. And so it started with 50. Did you just sort of crowdsource the people and the relationships that you had built with other mother dentists in the industry at that point to, to launch initially back in 2017? No, because I didn't really care about who was in it. Like all I wanted, I, I had no idea or forethought or any idea or strategy. Like there was no strategy behind it. It was just for fun. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't start the Facebook group. It sounds like to build a huge business out of it initially, right? Right. There was no business strategy. It was just for fun. Like I was totally fine doing my clinical work, teaching residents and running my business and no idea about how to run a Facebook business. I just wanted to have some community and camaraderie basically and do it online. It's actually faster than text messaging and not um, texting is like, you're only communicating with like one or a couple people, but Facebook, it's like you can communicate with all 50 of your friends at once. And then it's on your own time and it's on their time. So when they want to respond, you can read about it later and there's no pressure to respond right away. So that's what it was. It was really just, let's just have fun. And uh, we were all, I think we all needed it, but we didn't know it. Kind of like when moms say, I'm going on a girl's trip. And sometimes I don't know um, about your, like for men, men go on men's trips too, you know, and women go on their own women's trips too. And so I was like, well, a lot of times when you're a mom, the opportunity seems to, the window gets narrower and narrower because you have so many responsibilities with your children and especially depending on how old they are, right? So when they're really young, they need you more, but they always, people always say just for your mental health, take a weekend for yourself with your friends or maybe just you and your husband or whatever. You need some time away from your kids, right? And we don't really have that time. So Facebook for me was a great community for us to like poke fun, have fun, learn, learn new tips clinically, learn tips on management skills, leadership skills, mothering skills. Like, hey, I just bought an instant pot. Like, what are you making at home for your kids? Like, what can you make in 20 minutes? Cause that's all I got. So it, it was just really that bright day in my, in my life that I was missing. I felt with having other moms to relate to. And the thing is, you may have a lot of friends that are mothers, right? Maybe like at school or college friends, but nobody really knows what you're going through unless they're walking in your shoes, like literally doing the same exact thing that you're doing. So many good points in there. And the thing that kind of stood out to me was technology has allowed so many people in so many industries to, to use my words, crowdsource a lot of information to make our businesses and our lives better. And the, the, the thing that you pointed out that's interesting too, is there's a way to do it now asynchronously, right? Where you can ask a message to many people, many of whom you might not know personally, that are, but that are helpful, that can get back to you on their own time and you can read it. 
on their own time. I'm curious. So you started it on a whim. Did it, did it take off right away? Was there a topic or an inflection point early on or sort of a moment where you realized that it was uh, really starting to, to catch steam and, and, and take off? Well, it was kind of crazy, Sean. And I was with my husband. My husband is a lawyer by training, but he does mergers and acquisitions and he does consulting. We were on a law firm retreat. He was like a keynote speaker at a law firm. And they said that, you know, I could come. So I went with him to New Orleans and I was like, oh my God, there's like two, 300 lawyers all in this hotel. They all work together, men, female, all ages. And I'm like, this is so fun. I'm like, I don't have this in my life. You know, I thought it was so great that they all could work collaboratively in the same organization. I mean, the closest thing is maybe working at a hospital setting, but it's not like all these doctors and nurses are going on a weekend retreat together. So I just thought it was really neat that they had one another to bounce ideas and collaborate. And that's where I started Mommy Dennis and Business Facebook page. And I told my husband I started it and we were on our way, like literally the day we were leaving. And every like five minutes, I kept getting a notification on my phone. It was like, ding, ding, another person joined, another person joined, another. And I didn't know that you could have a closed group or a secret group or a hidden group. Like I didn't know there were, there were settings. So the first day it was like just public, like anyone could have joined. And then that day, one of my friends was like, hey, you should make this private because like a patient could join, like anyone could join. So I was like, I didn't know that. So like it got to about like 60 or 70 people. And then like someone was like, you should close off the group. So I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like researching how to do that. But literally I didn't even know, like people were telling their friends like wildfire, like it's so funny. And I was posting, the only person that was posting at the time was me. And I was posting like funny things, right? Like just joking around and like, Things like, you know, do you ever feel like if if your um, last patient cancels for the day and, you, you know, you're done at five and your 4.30 appointment cancels, do you A, go home right away and relieve the nanny or B, do you go shopping? <laughs> and, um, you know, just funny things like that. And I'm like, I go shopping. Like, I would rather go shopping than go home early. <laughs> so, you know, just being kind of honest and bringing humor and people were just responding or like, I, I wrote like, oh my gosh, my compressor just broke. There goes my whole day of production or production. Like it's such a pain in the butt. And you know, people are like, I've been there. So it's just like posting things that happen every day. That's just relatable. Right. And people can identify. And then it just evolved. And then people were asking clinical questions. And then people were asking like, oh, what do you think about your schedule? I'm, I'm pregnant with my second child and I need to change my schedule. Or, oh, what do you think about dropping dental insurances? Like the, just things kept like culminating and, and everyone just really felt comfortable. And I think one thing uh, early on that people really enjoyed when the group was actually smaller was talking to people that were on the other side of the States, like, oh, I'm in LA and I'm talking to someone in New York, right? Like, and there's some kind of like anonymity in a way that you know that they're not, they don't know your personal life and they don't like know you personally. So they felt like safer to like talk about things. So uh, I just thought that that was really interesting. In terms of the topics in the group, and I can't get in and I can't see it, and that's I'm fine with that. But I'm just curious: is it what's sort of the the blend of clinical dentistry? versus being a mother versus, you know, what to make for dinner or parenthood versus business and managing employees. I think it's like a third, a third and a third. Like, I think it's equal. It's okay. just equal. And people are posting nonstop. I mean, like 15 minutes ago or 10 minutes ago or whatever. And what I found interesting was like, I'm like, oh my God, at some point, no one's going to ask to join. 
every day we get 10 to 20 new requests a day. We always have like 300 people in the queue waiting to get in. And we vet everyone. We ask for a website or a business card or your dental license, some sort of proof. And then, of course, you need to be a mother. So that's what we ask for. No birth certificates. So you guys don't require no, those. No, 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 no. <laughs> but usually, like people put on their website bio, like, oh, you know, dentist for 10 years and on my time off, I like to spend time with my two kids and a dog. And then they have like their family photo on the website. So it's usually pretty obvious. So it's grown. The mommy Denison business has grown into a business from just a Facebook group or a Facebook yeah, page. Could you yeah. could you talk a little bit more about that evolution and everything that it now encompasses? Sure. So basically June of 2017, it was just like growth, like people were just doing it for fun and you know, I'm busy. And probably around like 2018, someone was like, Hey Grace, we should have a podcast or you should do a podcast. You would be really good at it. I didn't even know what a podcast was to be honest. And so one of my babysitters at the time, she was going to school for sound engineering and she knew how to make podcasts. Like she had all the equipment, like she already knew how to do it and like edit and everything. So I was like, uh, I think this is like a sign that like we need to do it because she knows how to do it. <laughs> so we, we just jumped on it and I started doing podcasts and I love it. I actually went to school for communication. So I was a communications major in the school of speech. And I only took like a couple of science classes, like enough to apply to dental school. But um, again, I was a dental assistant during college and my, the doctors that I work for all were pushing me to go to dental school. And I was like, nope, you know, um, I was roped in by a family friend who my dad's best friend is our family dentist. And he taught at Northwestern Dental School and his daughter was an orthodontist just graduating and she was working as an associate. And he's like, Grace, you need to be Cecile's ortho assistant. So I gradually dreading like going, I didn't really want to do it, um, but I was forced to do it. Followed her everywhere, wherever she worked and started learning orthodontics. And then I was like, this is fun. You know, I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, like, oh, okay. But stayed the course because I really wanted to be a journalist and a news anchor. And I wanted to be on TV and be a hard news anchor. That was my first passion. And then kind of stumbled into dentistry and then realized that I was really good at, with my hands. Like people, the other dentists that own the practice, they were like, oh, when you're not here with Cecile, do you want to come work at the office? And I was like, sure, why not? You know, I'll fill in and got recruited like everywhere. So it was kind of fun to be a, a dental assistant at a young age. And that's how it kind of all, all started. And, and that's how I am where I am today because of, of my background in communications. So the podcast came really easy. And then we started doing webinars. And then I got my AGD PACE certification too. I mean, I got that before I did the webinars. So I was like, well, why not give CE? I mean, we're spending all this time learning. We should get credit for it. And there you have it. And then that's how it was all like, that's how it was all like done. And I, and then I said to the, to the community and it was growing, it was like a thousand, 2000, 3000, 4,000. I was like, you guys, I love doing all this for all of us collectively, but you guys need to start helping me pay for this because I'm paying my dental assistants <laughs> to do all this stuff. And they're doing it on their downtime in between patients. And so am I. And so uh, I was like, you know, if you want CE and you want this and you want that, then you guys need to start pitching in financially because I'm just paying it out of like my dental office. 
So interesting. I have a background. I was a TV anchor in, in sports uh, before I got into finance. My wife still works in television oh, as, no a, way. As, a, as a television anchor. So I can relate to uh, the podcasting coming naturally to me. And it, it seems like with you as well, kind of with that background originally and, and how you got started. Um, well, my husband too. My husband interned at CBS under Dan Rather. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We're finding out these things in real time as we're recording this about each other yeah. that we didn't even know. So interesting. So interesting. So if I heard you right, it grew and grew. And then it sounds like your dental team was doing a lot of the admin work uh, on the mommy dentist and business stuff on the CE and the podcasting. And then at what point did you say you were asking your members or the people that were part of the group to start sort of contributing to the overhead of, of yeah. the actual group? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, you guys, like, I can't spend all my time on this. I'm running two practices and seeing patients too. And I have, I'm paying my staff to do this. And so then we came out with the membership plan. So in 2018, September, I launched our membership plan. And then I was like, and we, I had compiled all these documents. So everything that we offer and all our deliverables and, and things are, are requested by the members of the community. I'm not just like making it up as I go. Right. And they were like, oh, do you have a form for like, how do, what do you send a letter to a patient if you're dropping insurance? Or what do you, do you have any kind of like intake form for employees that are interviewing? That's like HR related. Do you have a list of like interview questions for the front desk I'm interviewing? So, you know, I just started compiling all of this, right? And making forms and doing that. And now I have like this whole form of like, if you're interviewing for a dental assistant, front desk, office manager, associate dentist, here is a packet of interview questions. You know, so I was like, compiling and researching and pulling and, and formatting. And then I had like, okay, over 80 documents. Like if you want this whole handbook of documents, and this is not an HR handbook, this is just like basic things that you need in the dental office from checklists to like end of the day list for what reports should be printed, um, insurance for a vacation letter, like whatever you want, I have it. And so I was like, it's X dollars a year. And, you know, so, so that's when it launched the membership. And um, then it started to roll into, hey, Grace, our group is large enough. Maybe we can get like a group discount on equipment and supplies and be like a GPO. And I was like, huh, I'm like, let me try to figure out. Let me try to figure that one out, you know? Um, so now we've, you know, figured out all that and I've formed relationships with smaller distributors and we have formularies and locked and pricing. And for me, I think my personality, John, is if you task me with something, I will figure it out. So, and I think that also comes with having been a dental assistant since I was 18. You know, if you're in an ortho practice, it is fast. I mean, you're seeing like 100, 150 patients a day. And if you're not quick on your feet, you're going to fall behind real fast. And I, I mean, like when you throw me into the fire, you know, it takes me a second, it takes me a minute to like figure out my bearings, but then I'm like, I will learn fast. Like I'm a fast learner. So if you task me to something that I've never done before, I will figure it out in 24 hours. So it's just kind of that mentality and mindset that I've had all along. And then when this group came along, people were like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And dentists are very risk adverse people. And I've noticed that. And I think for me, I don't, I'm not afraid of taking risks to a certain degree, like a healthy degree. And so I will, I will take some risks and, and jump on things, but try to figure things out that makes sense in a smart way. So during the pandemic, 
I figured out a whole slew of information. I mean, because it was like crazy. I And you know, with hard news, first one to break the news wins, right? Like the first journalist that can break the story gets that, right? So that that was like my thinking. So during the pandemic, nobody knew anything. I was pulling resources real fast and I was getting information. So like HR, like had to furlough or terminate, how to get those letters out to your employees, how to get them back and accounting stuff for how to apply for your PPP loan, where to get it, what to access it, right? Or things like, oh my God, N95 masks are sold out everywhere. Um, where are we getting them? I found some um, a small, 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 tiny distributor and it was FDA approved on the website, FDA approved masks from China and 95, how do we get you know, and meet the MOQ, get that order, bulk buy, distribute. How are we getting, you know, every supply necessary? I was doing that. My doctors, they were saying that they were teaching their lawyer and their accountant because <laughs> I got it first from my team of experts. And I was like, everything. yeah, so I was pulling information so fast and it was like our COVID bunker and we got all our PPE locked in. And, you know, when all the states were opening and some were always open and some, you know, the bigger cities were shut down and then surprise, you can open, you know, like surprise, like they're not like warning you, you can open in a week. Right. And so I had secured all of our PPE all of our equipment, everything that we needed from face shields to gowns, to surgical caps, to whatever you needed, I got it. And my doctors that were my members were able to open seamlessly. And we had like PowerPoint presentations that we were doing for our team. And at that time, team culture, even though you were stuck at home, it was so important. And so we were like, how do you keep your team from leaving you and jumping ship and going to somebody else's dental team or somebody else? dental office. And we, I was like, you guys, like, let's pull our resources together. You know, we were buying groceries for our team members. We were sending them gift certificates during the pandemic. We were making sure, you know, you're on um, WhatsApp and communicating every day, get them on a Zoom, make sure you check in, figure out a plan, make them feel safe. People are scared to come to them to work because it's aerosol and COVID. What kind of masks do you have? What PPE do you have? What machine you know, do you have your air purifiers, have your air purifiers for every single operatory and in the office at the front. Do you have signage that tells your patients, what are you telling your patients how to come back safely? What are you doing? Be proactive. I mean, every single angle that you needed, I had, we had it down. During the year of pandemic, most of my doctors made more money than they did the previous year because we were able to open on time. And in the community, there were dentist offices that couldn't open because they didn't have what they needed to open. And those patients we're having dental emergencies and coming to the mommy dentists that were open. And we opened safely. We opened on time. We opened with everything. And so that's just an example of the resources that we needed. And people were complaining about their state dental associations. People were complaining that by the time the ADA provided all that stuff that we needed, I mean, and they're great. I love the ADA. I'm a member of the ADA. I'm a supporter of the ADA, but they just are a bigger organization. So they move a little slower, right? And the dentists were freaking out. Like, where is our information? Like, why isn't the ADA talent giving us direction, directive, like right away? Because they're waiting for the CDC. Right. And so it's like, it's like that funneling information. By the time it gets to the dentist, we're all like, why aren't we getting this real time information? Why is it taking so long to get information? Where are we getting directions? So we kind of had to take matters into our own hands, basically. Right. Right. And you had all these people throughout that, that they didn't want to make the wrong move because their job depended on it. But then you get down to the, the actual dentist who it affects and they're just solving their own problems. And your group, I imagine during that it sounds like throughout that entire period and then immediately afterwards, it's worth its weight in gold in terms of the membership and yeah, resources yeah. that you guys were able to provide. 
So nobody wanted to be left behind, right? So if they were a business owner, they jumped into the membership like, oh my God, because I was on there and I'm like, I've got the masks. You know, if you want your mask, you need to order now, like now, you know, like there is no waiting because they will be depleted. I mean, if you heard about like how FEMA was like taking all the bulk orders right from the port and the harbors, you know, like I mean, once FEMA takes it, they're gone, right? So I'm just like, you need to get your hands and on these products ASAP. And, and so we were able to do that. And I'm really proud of the fact that we, we stuck together, we worked together, we figured it out. And I mean, it was a tough time for everybody on all levels. There was just stress on all levels, especially the PPP loan, like especially. And the doctors that didn't have money saved for a rainy day, they were so stressed out. Yep, no, it was. It was a wild time. I'm I'm impressed just as someone who has started my own business from scratch and kind of knows the process that you have to go through to build things and then try to figure out how to scale, how much you have scaled this in, in five years. I mean, in terms of the offerings that membership provides, and then you know, the website and the conferences and the podcast and the webinars, it's it's a lot. Just in general, I would think that you would have had to have relied on some pretty good team members throughout that. Is that the case? And maybe if you could expand a little bit on on how you thought about scaling and have been able to build your organization so fast and so effectively. Yeah, no, thanks for asking that. I'm generally an independent worker, meaning I don't really do well in partnerships. I've never had a partner other than my spouse. And because I make decisions really fast. And I move really fast. And so I can't be weighed down being like, what do you think? Oh, what do you think? Oh, okay, well, I'll compromise and I'll do it your way. I can't act like that. Like, I just need to be like, I'm doing this, I'm going with it. And that's how I run my dental offices. That's how I run mommy dentist in business. A lot of doctors have come to me and said, I could help you and I can be your partner. And I'm like, thank you, but no, thank you. But like the, my team, you know, I just, they're a young team and, you know, they're excellent. And, and what I love about my team and some of, half of them are with me since the pandemic and half not. And I'm just like, what was really important was checking their mental state. Okay. Because everyone has a different capacity for stress and everyone has a different capacity for being isolated. Everyone has a different capacity. Like, so I was constantly checking on them, you know, but they were just as efficient and they were just as big. We, we, me and my team, we were busy. I mean, my dental team, I had to furlough. And then my mommy dentist team, they were just relieved that they had the work. So we never shut down, you know, for, so the dental office technically shut down, but mommy dentist never shut down. So my mommy dentist team was working full time and I never had to take a PPP loan on the mommy dentist team. But again, for those dentists who are listening, and this is a financial show, you really need to save your money for a rainy day. Like that was just truth. Like, you know, cash is king. And I understand, you know, my husband's always like, well, we need to put our money in investment because it grows on itself and interest and all that. And I totally get that. But you also need to have liquid money, meaning cash that flows, right? Like that you could just grab and use, not tied up in real estate, not not tied up somewhere just because you want to have a tax you know, approach to it. And then, oh, if you withdraw it, you get a consequence and then you have to put it back in a certain amount of time. I mean, you could pull from your retirement plan, you can pull from, you know, stocks and bonds and you can pull. But for me, I always like to have a lump sum of cash in an account, even if it's low interest bearing, because I want to know I have access to it. For me, that's a peace of mind. Like I'm like, at some point I get it that it's not making money on itself, but I still need access to cash. It's so interesting that you bring this up because, and I didn't have any intention of necessarily going too far down this rabbit hole, but just in terms of how people think about 
the characteristics of where they're storing or saving money. Rate of return is always way overvalued, in my opinion, and liquidity or access to it with no consequences is always way undervalued from my philosophical perspective. So it's a little bit reassuring and comforting to hear uh, someone that has a, a similar philosophy and kind of sees it the same way. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll tie up that one. I know time is tight for you and I want to be respectful of that. I do have a couple more questions I want to get to um, before we wrap up. So you're five years into Mommy Dennis in business. What's the next five years look like? Where do you guys go from here? No, that's a really good question. And, you know, uh, again, there's no like, you know, with a dental practice, you kind of know. Right. You know what your what the five year, 10 year plan usually looks like, whether you grow it into multiple occasions or you just stay at one or whatnot. I mean, I got to the point where I was ready for my third location and there were days I would come home with a headache and, and think and I would tell my husband, I'm like, God, sometimes I wish I only had like one little office with two chairs and just me and one front desk and one dental assistant. That's it or hygienist, you know, there are days where I'm like, what did I do myself? You know, like I, I, like I grew it to this big and I didn't, and even with the dental office, I didn't think it was going to get to that, to that like capacity. You created your own monster, right? Right. <laughs> right. And so I kind of feel like that's like, I, I, I know myself and, and every four to five years I get like an itch to like start something new or like start a new project. And I think that's the entrepreneurial side of me. And so for me, you know, I'm thinking of like, oh, well, what am I going to do next? And, you know, is this enough? And I really love, love what I'm doing now. And I'm waiting for my dental license to come in California because I do want to get back to work because I miss it. But I sold my two dental practices in 2020. It was Labor Day. And because I had two locations, I was toying with the idea of, do I sell one? Do I sell both? Do I even sell it all? I really don't have to sell. I'm not like pressured to sell. And my husband, who's kind of like very supportive, he's like, you know, do whatever makes you happy. Like whatever you want, I'll go with it. And I was like, you know what? I feel like it's the time is right because, you know, mommy dentist is going well. And obviously for me, mommy dentist in business is not as lucrative as a dentist with two practices. Right. However, I've gotten to the point in my life where I have to look at like what is satisfying me. And, and for me, I don't need to be like a billionaire, right? Like I have enough money to be happy, healthy. My kids are, you know, in this really good rhythm in life and enough stacked away for retirement. And then I'm just kind of like, so do I continue and go for the third location or do I put all my eggs in this one mommy dentist and business basket because it's going well. So I said, I can always go back to dentistry and opening up another practice. But if I don't put in a hundred percent, I'm getting it to the point where this business MDIB, if I don't put a hundred percent effort on it, I'll never know the complete fulfillment of it, whether it's monetary or not. Right. And I was getting pulled in so many different ways. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sell both of my practices and I'm going to be Michael Jordan and leave on a high note. And if I come back to baseball and I suck at it, that's okay. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. And, and, and I have no regrets. I do miss my team and I miss all that. But in five years, I'm not sure where I'm going to be. I don't know. So interesting. And as a child of the 90s, who was a huge Bulls fan, I get the Michael Jordan <laughs> analogy. But but I, I like kind of how you answered that, which is what I heard was, you know, I know what the potential of uh, dental practices are, or my dental practices are, I don't know what the full potential of mommy dentist in business is yet. So I want to chase that knowing that <laughs> I've done two cold starts already, I could always go back and, and do that again. And right. And for me, like the third practice was more of a legacy thing. But it was kind it wasn't like, 
my need to create. Cause I'm like, been there, done that. I didn't know how to do it. And so it was more like this need to create something and the unknown. And like you said, the potential growth and the potential opportunities that mommy Dennis and business present. But, but more than that, what's fulfilling is changing women's lives. Like when I have my meetings and I have my events, people come up to me that I don't even know, never even met. And they have tears in their eyes and say, you've changed my life. You have no idea. You have no idea what this means to me. That to me is worth every penny. And there's no monetary value on, on that. And I have no, I had no idea that I was helping people. Like I had no idea what it means to other people and how it's affected the way they practice, the way they are a business owner, the way they parent. So if I'm doing good by helping people in their lives, that's fulfilling for me. So a much bigger impact, what you're able to have with mommy, Dennis in business versus not that there's not an impact in pediatric dentistry, but it's just more widespread with the other business, it sounds like. Yes, definitely. So I've noticed you have a huge presence on social media and seem to really enjoy that. This is a little bit different direction we've been going, but I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on Instagram and how you think about leveraging that platform uh, for, for everything that you're involved in. So I love both Facebook and Instagram for different reasons. They serve a totally different purpose. And what I have noticed it's not just age, okay? Because I think you can stereotype. People will be like, oh, Facebook's for old people. Who uses Facebook anymore? You know, and, and that's, I think, a, a generalization. I, I have a lot of doctors in my Facebook group. They say, I only am on Facebook for this. That's it. They don't use it for personal. They don't use it for anything else. They're like, I only use it for the mommy dentist. But in, in general, the younger dentists are on Instagram and there's a whole population that's on Instagram that are not, in the Facebook group. And there's a whole reach. And the way you communicate on Instagram is completely different. In Facebook, you can write a whole novel and have a whole back and forth with someone and it could go on for weeks. On Instagram, it's so fast moving. Like it's all videos and pictures and the opportunity to really connect is much harder because you're not right. You're not like spelling out your whole soul. You're not like, you know, like divulging all this personal information. So I have found that Instagram is really reaching the younger dentist and, and all their mommy dentists who don't want to be on Facebook. And then I find that Instagram, there's a little more control on privacy. So it's just run a little differently. I enjoy Instagram and actually funny, true story. My husband and I took our families on vacation um, back in November. It was for Thanksgiving and we went to Hawaii. The grandparents came, took our kids. So my husband and I had just landed on the plane, off the plane. We were starving. We, we were at the hotel, went to the restaurant and we were walking up to the hostess and some woman stops me. And she's like, excuse me. And I was wearing sunglasses. She's like, excuse me. And I'm like, oh yes. She's like, are you Dr. Yum? And he said, I took my sunglasses. I'm like, e maybe. <laughs> And she's like, I follow you on Instagram, on your mommy, Dennis and business Instagram. She's like, she said, I'm a pediatric dentist too. Wow. And I was like, oh, I was like, are you in, in the Facebook group? She's like, no, I don't do Facebook. And she's like, but I love the Instagram. And I was like, wow, that doesn't happen every day. <laughs> you know, so that was a really neat moment. My husband was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, what's going on? So that was really cool. And I really en enjoyed that. But Instagram brings in a whole nother layer of members and other doctors. Interesting to hear the balance. And yeah, if, in terms of marketing, I've always uh, believed in the, the phrase, just try to be a little bit famous to a, to a small group of people. And I think you've definitely achieved that. Uh, as we start to uh, bring the conversation to a close, the name of the podcast is Dentist Puns and Money. 
I know I mentioned I might fire this at you uh, before we hit record, but do you have uh, a good dental pun joke that you're willing to share with the audience? Uh, this is bad, but I, maybe this will be funny to somebody or you've heard it. It's really bad, but I would say the tooth hurts. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Very good. Dr. Grace, uh, for people that are interested in Mommy Dentist and Business, finding out more about that membership group, the Facebook group, what are the best ways to get more information, find more information about you and your organizations? Sure. Well, obviously on social media, we're everywhere. And on our website, it is www.mommydibs.com. Check out our website. We've got a lot of great content and information. And you can always reach out to me on Instagram, Mommy Dennis and Business, or you can find us on Facebook. That is Dr. Grace Yum, pediatric dentist and founder of Mommy Dentists in Business. Dr. Grace, thank you for sharing your story and for being a guest on Dentists, Puns, and Money. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Dentists, Puns, and Money. For more information about my day job, which is guiding dentists to their financial off-ramp from active practice, you can visit DentistExit.com. And there, you can find more information about us, sign up for our email newsletter, or schedule a discovery call with Sean. And that's me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, and also please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. As for the boring legal stuff, Dentist Exit Planning and Terrell Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented should not be interpreted or construed as investment, legal, tax, financial planning, or wealth management advice. It does not substitute for personalized investment or financial planning from Dentist Exit Planning or Terrell Advisors LLC. This podcast conveys the views and opinions of Sean Terrell, and the information herein should not be considered a solicitation to engage in a particular investment or financial planning strategy. Information presented is for educational purposes only, and past performance is not indicative of future results. <laughs>